Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello and welcome. Today on The Marketing Mirror, I have a very, very special guest. We're going to talk about a very special topic, a topic that's near and dear to me, and that would be creativity in business and marketing. Because creativity, in my opinion, is an everyday job. And so my special guest, Mr. Lee Love, is a proponent of creativity. And that's what first drew me to Lee. Um, I saw, I was involved with the digital green room with Jeff and High Def, and I saw a video that Lee did. And what he was talking about is learning to see like an artist. And I love the perspective because as a writer, which is an art as well, I think that that same principle holds true because we want to see things from a new perspective. We want to bring our unique spin to the story. We want to, you know, create something that has something that entices people to be interested. And so I thought, wow, we are on the same page because I totally get how we can apply this to original quality writing, having this unique perspective and not really relying so much on the tools as on your creativity. And one of the first contributor posts that I ever wrote was called creativity is an everyday job in business. And I think that sometimes businesses miss the opportunity to infuse more creativity into their businesses and marketing. So today, I'm so happy to introduce and bring to you Mr. Lee Love of Photo Mentor Academy. I'm Lee Love. Um, It's moody versus muddy. Color can be very, very powerful and very useful and the reason is by lighting it straight on you don't get that texture it it hides the texture there's no shadows that's why ring lights are so nice you need to be charging for editing because this stuff takes time it doesn't happen automatic doesn't pop out of the camera looking great all right there's some changes in a raw file you have the basics you have white balance temperature exposure contrast highlights shadows blacks texture I believe lighting will change your photography forever if you spend a little bit of time and learning about it. Here's the studio, and here's my version of the image, and here's the way it was shot. Not only is Lee a great collaborator, client, colleague, but most importantly, he's a fantastic friend and a great creative mind. So I'm bringing up 
Lee Love, Mr. Lee Love from Photo Mentor Academy. Thank you for being here, Lee. I so appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure, Sue Ann. Always love talking about creativity. You know that. And you've been doing, you've been, you know, inspiring people to do it for a long time um, with your message of learning to see like an artist and bringing that unique perspective that becomes your value proposition, something that makes you a unique commodity in all the world in the market. So creativity and, you know, having that artist's eye, I think is going to move you forward in, in all aspects of business. So I think it belongs in business and marketing, and that's why we want to talk about it. So how did your journey as an artist, a photographer, videographer, and, and businessman lead you to that concept of teaching people to embrace the art of seeing or how to see like an artist, Lee? Well, I actually got really frustrated is what happened because I would see, you know, first of all, I have a, I have a heart for, for new photographers. I always have, I, as a commercial photographer that specializes in advertising and magazine work, I'd always get young people come up to me and say, hey, Lee, can I go along on a photo shoot with you? Uh, they asked me lots of questions, that type of thing. Always happy to, to help somebody else because I felt people helped me. I needed to help somebody else. So what would happen, though, so I started going to Facebook and these other groups and forums, and I got really frustrated because the, all the answers I saw for people asking questions were all technical. No one was talking about the real essence of what makes an image fantastic. And so... I saw a need. I said, somebody's got to be, you know, tell these people what the real world's like as, as a photographer. And, you know, so what would happen is they go to YouTube and they buy a book or they would listen to a podcast or whatever. And they knew the mechanics, but they didn't know what made an image great or how to approach that. And so that's really what got me motivated to start working with people and helping them understand what creativity is all about and how to use it in their photography business, which of course it goes against, it goes along with any business that you were mentioning. So in the world of business and marketing, why would you say is creativity so crucial and how does it set brands apart from their competitors? Well, it's creativity that makes, well, from a photographer standpoint, let me look at it from that standpoint. As a photographer, that's why you want to get hired. The, the The holy grail is that someone looks at your work and says, oh, I love this, with this image. Can you do something like that for me? And so what you want to be able to do is you, you're like, wow, yeah, sure. Even if it's personal work or work you've done for your own uh, self, not for a client. Ideally, you want to be able to have people look at that and say, I love what you're the way you see the world. Can you do this for me? That's creativity, in my opinion, and how you translate it into business. Um, analogy uses Annie Leibowitz, who's a well known uh, photographer, of course, done work for Vogue and, um, you know, Disney and all these companies. She doesn't get hired because she gives away. 15 images versus 10 images. She doesn't get hired because she's less expensive and she doesn't get hired because she has the best equipment. She gets hired because of her vision of her creativity of what she brings to the table. Though typically the way it works is a client will come to you and say, we have this concept. Here's what we're trying to do. How would you shoot this? 
and then you look at it and you come up with your creativity. You say, here's how I would approach this. Hopefully they buy off on your concept. And if they do, they're like, oh, this is great. We never thought of it this way. It's exactly what we're looking for. And that's the ideal situation for a creative or and, and someone that's a photographer. It's perfect lead into my next question. So can you share an example of a project where, or a campaign where embracing that unique and creative perspective led to remarkable success? Oh boy, I've got lots of them because every photo shoot I do tends to have this, this element. And what I do personally is I go out and I always approach or I come to a photo project with two to three ideas in my head when I show up. Sometimes it requires props. Sometimes it doesn't. I always carry a bag of props and things with me. So um, one of the things that one client, I'll give you a couple of examples. One was a magazine uh, cover I was shooting and it was for a, they were highlighting these women that donate and raise money for children's charities. And so these women were wealthy and well-known and some of the names, if I mentioned, you'd know who they are. So they wanted it, you know, standard white background kind of a thing, four or five women was standing around in, in this scene. So I did that shoot just like they asked, but on the way to the session, I stopped at Michael's, which is a craft store, and I picked up some finger paints along with some paper plates. And when we were done with the photo session, I asked him, I said, hey, you guys got a few more minutes to do one or two more photos? And they're, sure, what do you want to do? And I took out the finger paints, and I poured them in these paper plates. And I said, I'd like you to stick your hands in these paper plates and hold them up to the camera. And the, the paints were red, green, blue, really colorful, bright colors. And they were like, ooh. And I thought, oh, they're not going to do it. But they said, well, the problem is we have this our jewelry on. You know, a lot of them had really expensive rings and things like that. So what about if we only do one hand? I said, that's fine. So they did that. They held it up. They looked really cool. Each one had a different color of their hand. And then I also had them take and put finger handprints on the background. So I submitted the photos that the client wanted, and then I submitted a few of these ideas that I had. And those are the ones they love. That's the one they went with. And I see this over and over again, because the client doesn't always know exactly what cap they're capable of doing. And so I always wanted to add some storytelling element to the, to the photo. And to me, that told definitely communicated children, and of course, the the, uh, the headline and everything that went, the banner that went on the magazine cover told the rest of the story. But that was really an important part. Um, so I'm very. Uh, another one I did was uh, again, where um, they were they wanted to photograph these women, uh, another group of women, in another situation, and uh, we were looking at that we we're at this um, shop, not as a downtown kind of like a shopping area. And one of the things had a, and this was in August or July, and they had this big mural painted on the side of the building of an American flag. So I actually happened to, happen to have some little flags in my um, bag of tricks in my prop kit. I said, why don't you guys stand up here and hold these flags? And they're like, okay. And so they were, I just had them waving these flags 
and it was for the I think of the July issue of the magazine. The magazine looked and said, "Oh, these are great. We have these are perfect." And they used that image over the ones that they had originally asked me to shoot. So that's the kind of thing is where you want to try and inject some story into the element and show that creativity. You have to be prepared. They're not going to accept it, and that's fine. You also have to be prepared. It may not work, which is also fine, but at least you're trying to inject some kind of storytelling, and it shows some creativity. That's perfect because your examples lead to the next question, which was the role of visual start storytelling in modern market marketing. How can businesses effectively harness this power? And I think that part of what you just said is exactly that. It's tapping into what the the client is trying to say to the people they're trying to say it to, and then to put that creative spin on you have you know you have to recognize you know where it's going to t to probably harness it yeah it's tough because you know we're kind of at one level and they're at another level they're working you know within date with data and metrics and and uh consumer um you know uh, reviews and stuff like that so they hopefully understand their client so the first thing is you have to know a little bit about them and about their client. I ask a lot of questions. What is it you're trying to do? What's the message? Who's the ideal client? All that kind of stuff. If you don't understand that, then it's going to be difficult for you to come up with the right lighting. Like, for example, just a small thing. Lighting, your scene can be dramatic or it can be very open and flat and kind of airy, but that's going to depend on what the message is you're trying to get across. Um, everything about photography, by the way, is a compromise. You never have enough budget. You never have enough time and you never have enough gear. And it's always that way. Your job that's is my, to work. Think the constraints. It, that's why where I think creativity flies flies at you. you you have to figure out how to do it within those constraints exactly i mean and the best example is to look at movies um the one of them is jaws you know the mega hit right of course launched the career of steven spielberg well if you look in the, watch a documentary you find out the shark didn't work it was sinking the boat was going to sink they didn't have a script they were writing the script the night before at dinner the two main actors didn't get along and all this kind of stuff. One of them was drunk all the time. The point is they stay and Spielberg thought he was going to get fired every day. He said, I'm going to go on set the next day. He's going to get fired. Um, but the thing is he worked, he figured out how to make those constraints as you call them work. So the first thing to do is to, when I approach a problem, Number one is learn as much as I can about the client, ask as many questions, understand what the scope of the work is in the project you're working on. The next thing is to start with a completely clean slate, a whiteboard. So, for example, assume for a second, pretend you have all the budget in the world, all the time in the world, and the client says, do whatever you want. In fact, I've done a lot of magazine work where I'm for the same client over and over, and my favorite clients are the ones that say, Lee, come up with something creative. Okay, I can, you know, that's perfect, right? That's all I need to know. So I'll ask, so I'll find out myself what the client is, who they are, what they're trying to do um, once I get on set. But the thing is, I'd prefer to be have the, my own direction, not them tell me what they want me to shoot. So anyway, 
if you start with that premise, then go from there, you'll come up with the best creative ideas possible. Now, from there, you whittle it away. Say, okay, well, they're like, we love these ideas, but you know what? We don't have the budget for that. Okay, you dial it down, dial it down. But if you start the other way, go, well, we're here. We only have $30. We only have this, this, and this. You're going to be limited immediately. So you're always going to come up with the, not the right ideas and the limiting creative ideas. And that's not the idea of creativity. Which which already touches, again, you're so good, touches on my next kind of question, which is, is about approaching businesses and the C-suite, especially from the marketer's perspective or the marketing department's perspective. How do you get them to you know, stop just relying on the data, just looking at data and analytics for decision-making and allow a little bit of the artist's perspective, the intuition to complement those data-driven approaches. How do you make that work? Well, for me, I, I have to approach that, look, I'm, I'm, I can be very analytical, but I can also be very creative. And, and not analytical, very emotional. And so the trick is to add storytelling to the element because you have to remind them that what they're, they're, they're marketing to people, not to data. And people respond to emotion. I mean, look at the commercials you remember, right? Uh, there's the ones you typically have pulled at your heartstrings in some way or something that were funny. Um, that, you know, I always, one of the ones I always like was the, um, the, you know, what's up? The wasabi commercials, those were great. Uh, or the ones that are on, I think Kia has a series of commercials with a dog, golden retrievers driving in the family in the backseat. Those are really great commercials. Those pull at your heartstrings. Those are creative. Those are storytelling elements. And so by having that, that will always elevate your message. So the trick is if you can embed or in, um, infuse the storytelling in there, you will that I think you'll get their attention. Now it has to match again their client and the target audience they're going after. But if you do that and you come with a great story, most of the time that's what they'll go with. So I think you're hitting on a really good point there where you do need to, you know, keep that data in the back of your mind. You have to respect that the data is going to give you the information you need on the audience that you're approaching. It's going to give you a lot of insight into the, who the company is and who, you know, their voice, so to speak, their perspective. And then you're going to want to infuse the two, the data, the information with the creative to come up with that new special offer. That something that's beyond just data or just full out, you know, crazy, like you said, you can't, you know, go psychedelic if that's not mm -hmm. your brand. No, I'm not saying that uh, at all, but I think that what you're hitting on is that it, 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 there's room for both. And I think that's so important, don't you, Lee? I think, I think that's where, uh, you know, everybody's got to kind of learn to respect each other and give credit in both directions. So how, how do you, can you discuss the importance of fostering that culture of creativity within a business and how it will impact the bottom line. If, if that, that if, you know, we can open it to that. Well, uh, kind of along the same lines, let me mention something that's a little related in that regard, especially this is an area that you live in and that's social media. If you notice what's happened 
is these companies are able to do both now. They can do their traditional advertising, their traditional messaging, but social media gives them a chance to kind of connect one-on-one with a customer, potential customer. And they can kind of get a little more free, kind of play around, experiment there and and be more creative. Uh, and I see that with a number of companies that are that are, will use social media differently. Again, photographers, uh, I think you you list, you saw the uh, interview I did with um, um, Adam Friedman, who's a commercial photographer, uh, fashion photographer. What he does is he will shoot the ad campaign, but then he also shoots stuff behind the scenes for the client that they can use for social media. So that gives them a whole nother creativity and another aspect they can really communicate or um, have more contact with the client than they could have done using traditional advertising. And all that is marketing, really. Uh, All those touch points are so important. You really need to take that omni-channel approach now more so than ever. Even a year or two ago, I wouldn't have been as uh, strong on omni-channel. I would have said, you know, uh, create your number one channel and, you know, sky, go to the sky there. And, and But now there's so much noise, so much traffic, so much content. You need so many touch points that now I think you have to take that omni-channel approach. And because there's so much noise, it's those creative things that do in my opinion stand out those are the things that catch fire because well, everybody, everybody wants that viral right hey create me a create me a viral video and you're like well how, how do i create a viral there's what's the there's no formula for creating a viral video um but if you have something that typically has storytelling funny interesting quote unquote entertaining then it has a more of a chance of being, uh, and it's and it's targeted toward your audience. It has more of a chance of going viral. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. How about, do you have any advice for individuals or for teams who are looking to unlock creative potential in the business environment? Like, I would say this is also the same for marketers. If they want to cultivate that environment that encourages innovative thinking and outside of the box ideas. How do we let, you know, the, the business environment, the world of business and the people who are involved know that it's okay to bring forth, you know, creativity and ideas. How do we make that part of the culture? Well, it's number one, you can bring in other people that are, that's their kind of their role and, and use them as speakers and things like that. The other one is, again, don't put down people's ideas, let them experiment, let them be creative because you never know who in the organization is going to come up with a great idea. And again, go with that blank whiteboard concept I was talking about. No, no, uh, no restrictions. What's the wildest idea you can come up with? Just throw it against the wall. Let's see what sticks, because uh, that's how you become creative. That's how you come up with ideas. If you look at the most 
you know, craziest ideas that we're now looking at in technology and things like that. Nobody thought we would have been able to do this kind of stuff, but somebody did. And that's how they're able to come up with creative ideas. That's how they're able to be innovative. So I'm not sure that's what you're looking for, but that really is it. It's just being open and let the, let those ideas flow and don't put them down. So when it comes to visual content in marketing, does the art of seeing like an artist still apply? Oh, totally. Um, because uh, seeing like an artist means you're going to be observant. You're going to be an active seer. Um, and you don't need a camera. You don't need to be a writer even. You need to be an observer. You need to be a look around, watch people, watch things that are going on. Watch As a photographer, I'm always, I'm obsessed almost with light. I love lighting and how it works, and I'll study it and and watch it. I'll you know walk outside of the mailbox and I'll look at the way the light's hitting the mailbox or whatever at this time of day versus that time of day, and that will always teach me how to replicate or how to be creative. Because then if I'm trying to create an image, then or you know then I want to be able to use these tools to be able to do that. If you don't understand how the tools operate. Then, you know, like, for example, um, I mean, it's not a great example, but someone mentioned to me just the other day they were uh, going to have a photo shoot this weekend, but it's going to rain. So the photographer called the client was scrambling around going, hey, can we can we do this in, on Thursday? You know, um, it's going to rain. And I'm thinking to myself, OK, that's good. It's not a wedding. No, it's just a portrait session. But if it was the client doesn't care, but if it was me, I'd go, okay, fine. Let's find a new location. In other words, it's about working with the restrictions that you have. Um, And so if it's going to rain and you find someplace undercover, you learn about lighting, you can, I can make it look like daylight. I can make it look like night. It's all up to what the client's looking for, what the message is I'm trying to create. I I always say that um, you need to be, creativity is working on those restraints but it's like thinking on your feet it's a backup and punt it's if you want to talk mba language instead of backup and punt it's having a contingency plan in place um whatever you know thing but it it comes down to the same thing it it's making things work takes a creative approach many times. And I think that people don't think of it that way as that everyday part of business. Some of that comes from experience and some of it just comes from being able to, you're right, just being creative. I, I can tell you things that when you get on set rarely go the way they expect that you planned them. You can go, I've done many, many sessions where I've gone, scoped everything out, photographed the layout, it got there. Then, you know, three days later, it was different. They moved things around or something changed in the I can't go, oh, well, let's just not do this. I have to figure out how to make this work, given these new restrictions. You know, that's funny because my next question has to do with make taking risks. It, so I think in in a lot of cases, I would say this statement, creativity often requires risk or taking risks or being risky in your approach. Um, But what is your perspective on embracing going off that cliff and taking, you know, using a little risk taking in your attempt to approach things with business and marketing? And how much would you say 
failure and learning from that failure is part of that creative process. Well, look, you know me, I think I'm a big one that believes in failing my way to success. I am not afraid of failure. Failure is just part of the way it works. That's just part of life. You talk to anyone that's successful, they will have failed. If they didn't, then they aren't taking a risk. And you have to take risk to be able to move ahead. So I think risk-taking is extremely important, especially in creativity. Um, Now, I will admit that certain companies are risk-adverse from a bank. They're not going to go wild and do some crazy ad or hire you to do something. But because they're conservative, their clients are conservative, they want to feel confident and their money's safe, that kind of thing. But if the client is willing and it looks like it's the right approach, yes, push the envelope a little bit. Again, doing the idea, as I mentioned before, take um, give them the idea they asked for, shoot what I call the money shot, then play a little bit. Hey, well, let's try this. Let's try that. Again, I can't tell you how many times I've had clients where I've done that, sent them the proofs, and they're like, oh, these are great. And now they want the stuff that I came up with, not the stuff that they asked me to shoot again. So it just depends on the client. But yeah, I think that's for as an in as a personal thing, you have to be able to, that's where personal projects come in. I'm a big advocate of telling you you have to shoot personal projects. You have to work on things just for yourself. That's where you experiment. That's where you try things. Is this gonna work? That way when you get on set or whatever, you try something with a client, you're not doing it for the first time, ideally. You have some background, at least you know that will help you considerably. I actually think that's the most awesome thing because when we think about it too, the techniques and the exercises that enhance people's ability to be unique and creative means, you know, bringing some things to the table. When people hire other people, I think sometimes they make that mistake of not leaning on that person for their expertise and allowing them to bring things to the table. And again, that's, you know, being having open um, communication, um, uh, welcoming new ideas, being transparent and authentic in how you try to handle business. And I think that also touches on humanity because some of that is intuitive or, you know, you just have an idea and you just, you know, know it's complementary to the thing. Let's try it. And I think in the digital age, more than ever, we have that ability to experiment. So let's let's go ahead and go there and talk about the balance between human creativity and technological innovation in shaping the future of marketing and business. And one thing I keep saying uh, uh, again and again, and I believe is true that technology is in existence to help us connect with humans. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, goes back to what I was saying before about the storytelling, right? It's, it's, it's it, by itself. Technology is just a thing. It just, you know, the internet is just bandwidth, right? It's just data. It's ones and zeros. It's what you put on the internet that makes it valuable or makes it not valuable or makes it evil, if you want to call it that. Then it's the same thing. I've always said that technology is inert. It's not good. It's not bad. It just is. How we use it as humans to as a tool is what makes it beneficial. Um, again, we can go back and look over the history of man and look at things like, uh, you know, do you miss 
having long distance operators and having to dial zero and having to call somebody and spending $3 a minute? No, you don't. Do you miss uh, having to go into an elevator and have an elevator operator operate the elevator? And tons of people that were used the, before technology, and now our lives are much more convenient. We can do it in some cases. <laughs> ATMs, things like that are nice. But the point is, that is technology. So, yes, there's some pluses and minuses. It will affect some people, but it won't affect others. But for me as an entrepreneur, I always look at technology as how can I use this as a tool? Okay, I've got this hammer. What can I do with this hammer? Wow, I can build a house. I can drive a nail. I can do all these cool things with it. That's the idea. And as you you know me, and, and embracing technology and AI, I've been able to do so much more now that I could have than I couldn't have done before. Um that I have to hire five people. Now I can do these cool ideas, come up with them, try them, experiment with them, things like that I could have never done before. So, I mean... Experimental is also a way to be more creative, I think. Totally. Um, What's funny is Lee and I were just working on a project together. And, uh, well, he was helping me. That's usually how we work (laughs) on projects lately. That's um, not true. What's really cool is that... um, are we we're we're in reverse roles because he's always been for three years that we've been playing around together he's always been the visual and i've been the scripting and the words the you know the word artist he's the visual artist and this time it was flipped because i gave him something that i was the videographer and picked the music and put together the the images Uh, And then he did the script. And what's interesting is we both used AI because I can't do do the videography. The if without AI, I probably couldn't have done what I did. You know, as it laid down as a video video track. And he did the scripting using AI, which, you know, I don't go to AI so much for writing because I've got that covered. Um, So it's kind of interesting that not only did we do a project where we completely reversed roles, but we both used AI because we were working in the area that's not our thing. But it came together again as another yet another cool collaboration. And maybe some of you don't know that Lee is the grumpy old lady character in my show that you know keeps me in line and humiliates me nicely mm-hmm. about you know what I know or don't know about marketing and that's another part of being creative right adding in those fun elements and that's one of the reasons I love collaborating with you because you and I tend to make our work fun um and I think business got to be fun you got to add the fun, fun part to it that's what make I mean I think that's what makes it worthwhile otherwise I might as well just be working for somebody in the cubicle right and you don't see you what I love about you too is everybody was freaking out when the AI started. Look, you know, when it if it's gonna take your work, your livelihood, like you know, writers were like kind of panicked, I'll admit. Um, but it worked out for me because a lot of people called me after they started using the AI and said, you know, we need a real writer, we need you more than ever. We tried it. So I think people are losing some work, but then it's coming back when they realize that, that that human is behind all of it. The technology is to connect with humans. That's what I, I think. Well, look, also, in, the, in the photography but, world, look what happened when, we, when film switched to digital. People were freaking out. Some people just gave up photography completely and said, I, this is, is going to kill the business. 
Photoshop. I don't need photography anymore. I can just make these images by myself, you know, and now look what's happening. It's created a yeah, whole other industry. It at first, right? Photoshop that that's not photography. Was that right. correct? Right. Exactly. People hated it. And now it's a whole nother industry. Now they shoot in this raw format. They process their images. So it's a whole, they've adapted this tool, this technology, and now it's created millions of new jobs for people. It really has lowered the barrier to entry is what's happening, not killed jobs. And so uh, I guess you could say it could in some regard, but that it's created more jobs. And I think the same thing's going to happen in AI, um, where it's just a, depending on how you decide to use it. So you were talking about it being a wordsmith. You're a great wordsmith. I don't, that's, I'm awful at that. But for me, it gives me a chance to put some ideas down, stick them in there and say, well, here, rewrite this for me. And then we'll rewrite it and put it, all, you know, all the commas in the right places and correct the spelling and all that kind of it's like, you know, perfect. Uh, and if I don't like it, guess what? I just say, nah, it's not what I meant. Do this, do that. So it's an assistant in that regard. So I think it can be used for good if you use it that way. And of course, you, you were talking about humor, you know. I have this thing called Nerd Gizmos, which is a quiz that's for technical people. And I purposely use this character called Nikolai, who's uh, tongue-in-cheek, you know, uh, got a smart mouth on him. And he's always making fun of things. And I love that part about the technology. So anyway. I'll link to him in the um, description. I'll link to Nerd Gizmo and Photo Mentor Academy, where Lee encourages, educates, and mentors photographers to learn to see like an artist and bring their unique perspective to their work. What ends up, I feel, giving them their UVP or unique value proposition for how they can, you know, do business. Like you said, um, you know, nobody asks Annie Leibowitz how she got the image. They're okay with her Photoshop use. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's interesting. Also, I think like there's a lot of discussion about creative um, rights and copyrights. Do you have any comment on that? Uh, it drives me crazy. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, well, what, 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 here's what bothers me about the whole thing. First of all, as a photographer and as someone that creates art, okay, I do want to protect my rights. I understand that part. But people are saying, oh, they don't like this style. You're copying my style. They don't like that you're you're doing this. You're doing my images to learn. Every art, there's a book out called Steal Like an Artist. It's fantastic. It's like probably a number one bestseller. And the idea is you all ideas come from somebody else. If you go to art school, who do you learn from? Mo, you know, you learn from the masters, right? He's a, you didn't come up with this stuff yourself, Rembrandt, all these people. That, so uh, we all are stepping on the backs of other people before us. There's nothing new under the sun, and this is the same way this is. So it's not copying. You're using this as an as a guide. As some, you look at look how many times you hear the word. Look look at the movies, right? How many times when you hear the movie, the word inspired by, this was inspired by somebody. They see a photo. This was inspired by, in other words, you could say they stole it, right? They looked at it. They go, hey, this is cool. They made their own version. That's inspired by. And that's really what, in, in my opinion, what AI is doing. One of the ways that they train you in writing is for you to take 
to create a metaphor to, or, or make an analogy where you're, you, you know, comparing two things that really sometimes aren't comparable and making this, making them comparable and that therefore creating a story around it that fits, you know, whatever your scenario. Um, so it's, it's about story, storytelling again, it makes, could create empathy. It creates that emotional appeal. And if you have, like, I, I'm not good at art, but I can imagine it. Now I have some of these tools in AI that can help me bring to life some of these things that I could never have done. It helps me move forward in my creativity and kind of opens the doors for me to integrate more things above or beyond my own skill set. Right. Well, it goes back. It also goes back to something we were talking about earlier. Right. And that is why does Annie Leibovitz get hired? Her creativity, even though you have this tool, even though you can use it and put type something in and have it create something, it's going to be based on what you input the way you, I don't like that. I want to change this. I want to change. That is your unique proposition you talked about. Right. So that's why I'm hiring you. I'm hiring you for your creativity. This thing doesn't just put in something that's put in a coin. It spits out a million dollars. It's still, got to have your input to be able to understand and perspective that's exactly that's exactly right and so it's not that it can write on its own it's going to write on its own but you know maybe it's good maybe it's how do you know if it's good or not you know but i may not know because i don't have that experience you're going to look at this and go it doesn't have this doesn't have flow doesn't have the storytelling etc etc so you still have to have that human element and being able to bring that to the to the story. It's just like, I got a great, it's a whole analogy we always talk about with the stove, right? We were talking about this before the other day. You know, you never look at me, this is a great, man, I went to this restaurant, man, the meal was fantastic. They must have a great stove they use there. No, <laughs> it, right? It's all about the ingredients, about the chef. It's about the, yeah. the way Never they put says, it together. What stove did you cook that in? <laughs> yeah, right. It's the same thing. And AI is no different. It's just the stove. And it's how you take and bake this thing and put the ingredients together that really makes it what it is. And in all things, it's it can be abused and used nefariously. But that's also human input, is it right. not? Right. Yeah, I, I, it's one of my favorite things is saying that the problem people have with AI, it's a mirror. They're holding that mirror up and it's reflecting humanity, the good and the bad. And when it reflects the bad, that's all because those are people that are using it for that reason. And that's why they don't like it now. So that's that's. But that's been around since Adam and Eve, right? That's not anything new. So what what would what do you think is the most common challenges people face to develop creative abilities? Because some people just say, like, I'm not creative. I think the biggest thing is they're not and this is not the right word. I'll, I can't think of the right word. Worldly. They're not to be creative. You have to be inquisitive you have to be wonder how things work well how does that work why are they doing it that way what does this restaurant do i think you have to be inquisitive and want to learn about things i think that's the key to being creative yeah definitely so any final thoughts or recommendations for people who want to infuse more creativity into their business and marketing efforts or into any really of their because, you know, we're part of the creator economy. So probably a lot of what we're talking about here applies to you, 
creators, any of you? I would say look inside yourself. You want to develop your own quote unquote, I hate to use the word style, but that's really what you want to, how do you see the world? That's what I want to know. What is it you, how would, if I gave you an object and said, take a photo of it, how would you photograph it? What would you look at? What are you trying to say? That's what you have to develop. That's what you have to be good at and, and get in touch with that and understand why you like certain things and why you don't. One of the things we, a technique we used to use a long time ago when there were magazines is I would tell people, Hey, go through these magazines and clip out and tear out these pages of photos that you like, and then tell me why you like them and what you don't like about some of them. And that helps you understand what about images you like. And you can do the same thing now. It's called Pinterest. Create a, a storyboard and, and just drag photos in there of things you like and then look at them and go, why do I like this? And what you'll find is, number one, over time, that will change what you liked. Six months ago, you're like, oh, I can't believe I like that because you become more sophisticated, more polished. And number two, you'll 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 start to see more and more images. You'll see more things that you like and don't like, and it will fine tune and help you hone that creativity. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing that you should say that it's sort of part of it is, you know, practice makes perfect. So it is being more observant of things. And the other thing I might add is that experimenting is not a bad thing. So like, I get a little bit accused of like, not being like a, like a set brand in (laughs) how I do my visuals. But part of that for me. Yeah. Even even I accuse you of that, don't I? Yes, maybe. But when you have a point, you have a valid point. But the other side of that coin is that I'm experimenting constantly and learning and trying all these new things. So I can't, I don't get, my, you know, I don't stick with a set thing. Um, I'm not hyper branded, but I'm working more with clients in a way than my own brand. And so I'm practicing, I'm experimenting i'm testing all the things so that when i'm working with them i have the experience and the ideas and you know the the skill set to to you know promote different ways to be creative and bring elements into these other brands and ideas well it also helps you develop a style right that we were talking about so now you learn what you like and don't like and why and if you don't have that then you you have no sense of direction and your style at first might suck because that's the best you can do. I'm just going to totally. throw that out there, people. <laughs> no, it <laughs> like will. This whole show to me is a learning in and progress. Style you know? an interesting thing because I've had a lot of people that have, you know, when I first started, they were like, I didn't, I don't know what my style is. I'm just shooting all kinds of crazy things. And one of the questions I'll ask a new photographer is, oh, what does he like to shoot? Oh, I like to shoot everything. That tells me they haven't been photographing long enough. You got to get to a point where you love the certain things. I love... I'm willing to get up at 4 a.m. in the morning and shoot this because I really love it. So um, the other thing about that is you won't recognize it yourself sometimes. I've had many times people will show me a photo and go, Lee, this looks like something you shot. 
Like, really? They'll see that style in me before I will many times. That is so interesting. Um, Also, I think, too, um, what happens, at least for me, is I get mixed up because I'm listening to too many other voices. And what I've learned, and it started with my writing, and it's starting to happen again with what I'm doing in some of these newer projects, like with the Marketing Mirror, I'm starting to not listen to everything else and trying to just do me a little bit, like yeah. kind of bring my own thing. And it w- worked in writing when I quit following all the blogging rules. My blog, my writing started to really take shape, stand out, get noticed. And I was breaking the rules because I wasn't, I'm not good, as you know, fitting into a template. And so, you know, I'm zigging and zagging, but that actually became notable about me. Well, I um, would say the key there is knowing your, your audience. If you're, if it's one thing to zig and zag. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're zigging and zagging too far and the audience doesn't follow the people that you really are trying to address, you'll lose them. So, right. if you're, so if your target audience is marketing people, creative people with, that are creatives, then that's okay. You can do those. You can have a wider range. You can zig and zag. But right. if they're like I said before, they're bankers. That's not going to happen. So right. as long as so if you want to, I would tell anyone this, not just you. The same thing in photography. You want to go really crazy. Let's say you want to try some wild style. Don't put it on your website. Try it separately. Try it. Use it differently. It's not, you know, don't necessarily do it for your. Money your water. Just yeah, do it for yourself. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's not something you would use. You would show everybody because you're just experimenting. Well, like like you've talked about it before. If you're a wedding photographer, you don't want to have your kids' pictures and your. Um, you know, landscape photography on there. You know, people aren't going to understand coming to you that here's what you do. Um, I do zig and zag, but I think my wheelhouse, my hub is pretty clear, you know, with content marketing business. You know, it's been that really for a decade. You you have a lane you're still running in. That's important. You're not out of the lane yet. And that's the good thing. So as long as you're in that lane, you can, you can zig and zag all you want, but that's a really great point you made about the, the, wedding photographer i shoot a lot of different photography i mean i've told this to many people you i've done catalog shoots for companies in germany and all kinds of product stuff and architecture but if you go to my website you're not going to see any of that work i shoot it i can shoot it i'm certainly capable of they call me and want me to do it i'll be glad to do it take the money but when you go to my website it's not what you're going to see because that's not what i want people to hire me for and so it's the same thing. You confuse people. Again, I was using, the, I think, the restaurant analogy. If I want good Italian food, I'm not going to go to a Chinese restaurant. So you right. want to, you want to, and it's the same thing. If you have too many things on your site, you're going to confuse people and they won't know when to call or what, what you really do or when to hire you. Yes, it's it's a it's an interesting thing, the digital space and digital marketing. And I think that what's changed the most is the perspective of the fact that it is a two-way conversation with your with your customers. It yeah. used to be that we projected marketing, we announced marketing, we, you know, we talked marketing this way, and now marketing is two-way. So 
you know, that's why at the Marketing Mirror, I'm starting a little membership thing with um, at, on Buy Me a Coffee. It's super, 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 super cheap. But it's a matter of talking to people that I talk to anyway. You know, I, I work with clients, uh, colleagues, collaborators, and friends and help them with stuff all the time. So this will be a tiny, inexpensive space that you who watch the show or you who are involved with making come in and get some exclusive content and have some one-on-one -on -one conversation, get questions answered with other creative people and small business owners like we all are and uh, learn and grow together because, you know, everybody is, there's no wrong or right way to do marketing. There's no wrong or right way to be creative. It's a matter of, you know, pulling that set together the way that you want to be and how you want to come across as a business and a brand. And it's all very tricky. It's all very interesting. Lee, you have a lot to say when it comes to creativity and really encouraging people to do it from their, their heart, from their own perspective. And I think that's huge. I, that's one of the things I really love the most about your message. Well, I mean, that's where it comes from, right? That's the, I said it before. That's why people hire us. And if you don't learn to develop that and understand where it comes from and what you like and don't like and how to con convert that into um, a business, then you're not going to be successful. It's one of the biggest uh, mistakes I think a lot of new photographers make. They try to be like everybody else. They see, oh, they're charging this. They're giving this many photos away, uh, that kind of stuff. That's not the way to run a new business. You need to be unique. You want to stand out. And people go, oh, wow, I love what you do. You're, the, it's a, a guy um, that, that I follow a lot that I really like what he says. He says, it's not about being better. It's about being different. And that is the key to being a successful photographer and creative. Right. I love it. You know, living your message, living your ideas and not being so afraid of of putting it out there. Um, the yeah. And if they don't, if they, people don't adapt to it, those that's okay. You have to find your niche. You don't need a 10,000 people to follow. You just need those people that are the couple of hundred that will that are loyal and that want to pay you to do the kind of work you want to do. Right. Um, I find it so much fun. I find it um, really interesting. I find it to be a learning environment to work in the digital space. And I really hope that today's um, interview with Lee helps to inspire a lot of people, you, to, you know, be a little bit more creative and adventurous in business. Experiment with new things. Don't be afraid to embrace AI as part of your marketing toolkit. Um, and really you know, kind of be open-minded to other people and their perspectives. I think that might help you see the world in a bigger, more creative way also. I agree. And uh, be sure and buy Suanna coffee. She needs it. <laughs> I'm, I'm super thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for being on the show, Lee. I really appreciate you taking your time today. I did drag you out of the dungeon. Lee is working <laughs> Nerd Gizmo, Photo Mentor Academy. If you need help with anything, he does one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, he has different, uh, anything you need, just hit Lee up. He will help you. He's that kind of a human being. 
Um, and that's really what makes the digital world go round. That's what I'm most grateful for with doing this program and doing all the digital is meeting people like Lee who are creative and smart and interesting and help other people. That's what we're all about, uh, I think, in the digital world as, you know, I get to know more people. So it's so many people besides me that bring me here. And Lee, I would say you're definitely one of those. Thank well, thanks you. very much. I appreciate it. Talk soon. Bye. Step inside the marketing mirror to uncover marketing secrets, discover gems, tactics, lessons, and campaigns you can use, next-gen or fundamentals. Grab the marketing magic to improve your marketing and win more business. DC, I host the rock podcast back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30 minute podcast where I talk one-on-one -on -one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock band like me, subscribe today to back to the arena, the interviews. Electric Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Electric acid. Electric acid.